Welcome back to the Twist My Arm podcast. You may be wondering, wait a minute, this isn't the voice that I am supposed to hear at the start of the Twist My Arm podcast. You would be right if that's what you were thinking. And if you said it out loud, I wouldn't blame you, but I kind of doubt that you did. Um, Unless, you know, you listen with your family. Nobody does that. Anyways, this is the Twist My Arm podcast. Of course, this is where we twist your arm into trying something new. Now, I, of course, am Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. your normal host for Sudden But Inevitable But Not Twist My Arm, Jesse. Josh, our wonderful, beautiful friend, is out this week, and I am sitting in his chair. I believe this is the first time anyone has ever sat in Josh's chair for this show. But that means that it is a privilege and an honor, and I am going to do my best to live up to that. Now, of course, sitting next to me to help me get through this very, very high-pressure situation is my longtime friend and co-host of Sudden But Inevitable, sitting behind the glass, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How are you doing this week, Ricky D? Doing good. I'm enjoying some new duties. Oh, man. You're going you're gonna to say new duties to me? I did. I said it. <laughs> Someone else's show? Maintain. Be a professional. I'm, I'm I'm enjoying these new duties that are mine to learn. Yes, there are a lot of duties for you to take over, but almost nobody that I would rather have behind the glass than you, Ricky D. From Best Flicks with Ricky D. Now, of course, to make a show, we have to have someone to talk to, right? It can't just be you and I. I mean, it could be just you and I, but... Today, that's not the case. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk to a longtime friend and ally of Sudden But Inevitable, which puts her squarely into the orbit of the Twist My Arm podcast network, Linnell from the California Browncoats. Linnell, welcome to Twist My Arm. How has your week been so far? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. My week has been great. Uh, I am a mom, among other things, and so this is like the first quiet communication with adults that I've had in a long time. It feels great. I apologize immediately, but thank you for joining (laughs) us. I, you know what? We all have new duties, don't we? We all have new duties. (laughs) Going to be one of those days, Ricky D. (laughs) I'm, I'm very happy to have you with us, Linnell. Thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, I'm sure the folks out there know what a brown coat is. Now, in case they don't, I'm just going to say a brown coat is short, you know, shorthand for cool person. But it also refers to people who are fans of the television series Firefly, which of course we covered in season one of Sudden But Inevitable. Josh had never seen it. We figured, dude, we got to take him through. We got to go one episode at a time. And then of course we're going to make him watch the movie. But Linnell, what is what what are what am who who is who are the California brown coats? That sounds really official. <laughs> it it is actually. We are a registered nonprofit in the state of California. Um so all over the world are brown coat groups. Some of them are very casual, some of them are very formal. We're a very formal one. We, like I said, registered nonprofit, nonprofit LLC. We're very formal. Um brown coats you know exist all the time like on on different levels sometimes they just want to get together and watch firefly or watch serenity sometimes they want to put together shindigs and dress in costume and sometimes they want to some groups just want to make the world a better place because they're so obsessed with a show that will never get 
you know, they'll never get anything further from. And so they have to put that energy into something else. And that's, that's what we're, this group is. It's like, we love it and we're frustrated and we're just going to make the world a better place because of it. That's what it is. That's beautiful. I, I had no <laughs> idea that that connection existed. I, I was going to ask you, I mean, I, so I think anybody that's ever seen Firefly can explain their personal attachment to the show, right? They can go, here's what makes me a brown coat. Here's why I love it. Here's why this is my thing. But I haven't yet personally quite been able to figure out the exact combination that makes every brown coat, like you said, despite whatever their level of brown coatiness may be, their, their passion is all just maxed out, right? Depending on what they do with the passion, it may be a little bit different. But everybody that loves it, loves it. I don't know anybody that's halfway. I don't know anybody that's, yeah, Firefly's all right. It's either you're super into it or you've never heard of it. Because, I mean, once you've heard of it. But yeah. but it's, 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 it's an amazing connection to draw that frustrated energy of, I just want good things for good people. And you feel that way the whole time you watch the show. And then, of course, as soon as it's over, you, you're you left with that empty feeling of, I just want to help. I just want things to be better. That's brilliant, Linnell. I would have never made that connection. That is so cool. Um, you know, I think after the, the first few years after the show ended and then Brown Coats put so much energy into getting a movie made. And, and they did. We did. There was a movie. Um and then after that, it was like, there's still all that energy and all that passion and desire to do something with it. And so there are a huge, like a, a good percentage, a large percentage um, of brown coat groups are people who are trying to make the world a better place. Um, and I think that that's, I think on a lot of levels, um, you know, if you are a brown coat, you identify with the crew mm. uh, you're an underdog you feel like sometimes you are down and out and when you're in that position there's a desire to band together and have the life of crime but in in our case that life of crime that we idolize in firefly is really just a life of slogging really hard to raise money for charity you know yeah to do um, the do right thing causes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, we, I think everybody on some level identifies with Mal, you know, with Captain Mal and, and, you know, that this person who's always trying to look out for number one and his crew and his ship and the underdog and this guy he just met, who's probably in a really bad, wow. you know, position. Like it's, it, we all identify with that. Yeah. Because I mean, everybody has a job and, a lot of people have creative outlets. I mean, I've noticed brown coats in particular love to create things and works of art and just so many stuff, so many stuff, so many, so many things. Stuff. So and many stuff. It just the the stuff is 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 myriad. Uh, but they it, it really it really does seem to translate well. I mean, and you know, so everybody has the job. They have their things they're creating. They have a family to support. They have their own mental health to take care of. You know, they've got their environment to pay attention to and all this external stimuli going on. That's, that's a lot of stuff. And, and I kind of am surprised I never drew the parallels between that and identifying as the underdog and maybe the mal, maybe being with the crew or always being under that boot a little bit, even if you mm -hmm. make it to, you know, space. So 
How do the California brown coats go about achieving that goal of making the world a better place? You, I heard you mention something about charity. Would you like to expand yes, on that? I would love to. Uh, usually we ask somebody from the fandom, and that could be a celebrity from the show. Um, that could be a writer or somebody on the crew. It could be someone who later on wrote a novelization or, or a, a, a work. That was a so that was you know licensed or associated with the actual um, show or the movie, and we we usually ask them to pick a charity for a specific event, and we go to that event. We usually have a booth. We sell merchandise. Um, we have raffles or auctions or play. We have a very famous charity chopstick game. Um, <laughs> we we call it the world famous charity chopstick game. Um, so we do all these kind of different things to raise money. And then we do send that money to the charity in that that like person's name. Um, so for instance, uh, two years ago at San Diego Comic Con, we asked, um, we actually asked PJ Harzma, who um, has done a lot of things, but is, has, was one of the, um, producers behind, um, Alan Tudyk's con man. And since he's such good friends with Alan and they had all this kind of merch and all this stuff, he asked Alan who we should do. And Alan was actually in the process of starting a charity, uh, with his wife. Um, and so we supported their charity and we raised like $7,000 for them. Um, you know, it's crazy. Like things, we live in a bubble. We have this really fabulous bubble. And I think that comes from just doing good all the time. But this bubble caused us to be able to get in touch with Alan. And like, it was amazing. We had a great time. And, and we definitely like, felt like we made, we made this huge difference in the world. You know, it was awesome. You said you guys sell some little trinkets and that kind of thing. What is your favorite thing that you guys sell? What do you think is the coolest? Oh, I wish I brought it in here. I have one. Um, it, that's a really tough question because I, I have designed some of the things that we sell. And so the creative part of me is like, all of it. My stuff. <laughs> um, but my actually my favorite thing, um, Nick Kremenick, who I know you've interacted with, um, created for us a flask design. Oh, Captain, yeah. Yeah, the Captain Tight, tight Pants um, rum. And I love it. It's gorgeous. We had it laser engraved on this, you know, beautiful steel flask. And it's really cool. It elevates your sneaking booze into situations like <laughs> immensely, you know, it's awesome. I love it. I can, I can totally relate to what you were saying about the, the bubble of wonderful people that happen to show up every time there are brown coats around. It's, uh, our our show, as you know, uh, Sudden But Inevitable in season one, we had the privilege of being put in contact with our friend Rosie, who was an extra mm -hmm. in the movie. And yes. um, our other friend, uh, Susie, she ended up they she ended up sending us like all this stuff from the premiere and things from the cons from over the years. That's actually the first place that we saw the term California brown coats. I have your uh, booth card. The, and the mm -hmm. little brown ribbon and the coin that goes with it. And I have an old uh, Equality Now uh, keychain that she sent in our loot box. And she yes. sent us like a bunch of T-shirts and stuff. It was and it's 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 kind of it's not surprising, like you said, that such wonderful, grateful, gracious, hardworking, generous people seem to be drawn to the series. Again, I think it's like you said, because 
they identify with the crew. They know what it's like to work hard and to sometimes lose anyway, but to do the right thing at all times, you know, regardless of that. And it's, man, it's so cool to hear that the things that happened to us are just, you know, the latest in this long line, a very, very long line of dusty, rebellious, history-making fan and crew interactions. It's... I don't know that there is a more close knit community. I mean, I'm I'm um, by blood a Trekkie, right? Um, I guess you would say that I married into Firefly to to stick to stick with the metaphor, right? I didn't. I saw it when I was not married, but to stick with the metaphor, I, I got you. That got that was you. my primary love, right? And then when Firefly came along, I was like, oh, this is so much different than Star Trek, right? And and you find out about, because, you know, you think the Trekkies, you're like, yeah, the Trekkies, that is a close-knit group of nerds. I mean, I'm just going to say that. But the Browncoats, I mean, the Browncoats stick together in a way that I think I may have never seen from any other fandom. It's it's truly an impressive thing. So I know that one of the things that happened a lot back in the day were the charity screenings of the movie. So yes. You've run a couple of those, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. correct? So how do those work? We just had one last month. Um, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm an in- interrupter. I get so excited that I interrupt all the time. I am the same way. <laughs> so that's actually one of the oldest things that brown coats do. Um, there was one brown coat, uh, the one true Bix, I think is how you pronounce I've only ever like seen it written. Like it's one of those, like I'm not a first generation brown coat. Um, uh, Susie and Rosie are part of this like original old school group. And I came to it a few years after them, but I didn't really roll into this position until, you know, a few years ago. And so like they, they go way back. Um, and he was part of, or he still is part of that generation and he was like if we're gonna be you know doing something with all this basically with all this energy like we should you know put it towards doing good and equality now um was chosen because it is a a charity that joss whedon had um spoken highly of it's a group that um equality now fights for the rights of women and girls all over the world and they fight on a very legal level like literally trying trying to change the laws or create laws that protect women and to change the law and, and girls and to change the laws that are unsafe or unfair towards women and girls and there, there there are laws like that here in America and there are laws like that everywhere in the world so the can't stop the serenity screenings kind of started this as this worldwide movement um, to watch the movie and use it as a way to um, bring awareness and raise money for this organization um, and they're still doing them we've we've had them every single year um, we've had I help the Dawn. I, you guys met Dawn at our panel. I help her run an, an Orange County one. And I think we've maybe missed two years since they started doing them. Wow. Um, you know, because she, it's, it's hard. It takes a lot of work. Um, but there have been that, you know, there's been screenings all over the world every single year. And it still remains like a really, if a brown coat group doesn't really do anything else, really for charity, if they're mostly a social group, they find a way to do something for Can't Stop the Serenity. Sometimes it's just six of them watching the movie at somebody's house and passing the hat and whatever they collect, um, they donate. 
Um, for us, it's usually a screening and an auction and a prize drawing and we give away a bunch of stuff and we try to make it as like fun and and brown coats love to get together we are very social i think COVID has been very hard on brown coats because we are of a generation generally that really likes to meet face to face mm. and so when like i know when utah brown coats have their can't stop stop the serenity screening the auction goes forever <laughs> uh people will literally like be so excited about just bidding on ridiculous stuff that they'll just start pulling change out of their pocket and be like somebody and people will bid on that quarter because they're just <sighs> having such a good time together yeah. and doing this kind of being ridiculous and watching the movie and and throwing all of your money into a charity like you don't even care what you get you're gonna get a quarter you're gonna you're gonna bid 25 dollars for somebody's quarter <laughs> and you don't care because it's going to a good cause and you're having a really great time and that's that's really what the can't stop the serenity i think is all about that's what those screenings are called they're called can't stop the serenity it's a a brown coat organization of its own if anybody's ever interested in having one or supporting them you can go to can't stop the serenity.com and find out more information and you could it can be you can have an event just by like having a barbecue having your friends over for a barbecue and getting them to donate some money you know anything or making a podcast or a live stream <laughs> and getting a bunch of people to watch together virtually and make yes. a donation to like i don't know say like a charitable brown coat organization that would be amazing. This is a very interesting thought. I'm just having it out of nowhere. Um, that is a brilliant idea. And yeah, that would be a that would be so the thing about Cancel the Serenity is they do ask you to like formally register mm. so that they can kind of keep it as part of like part of there's like licensing that is involved i mean i don't know i'm not i don't do i just do the screenings i don't i'm not part of this larger organization but i know that they do ask you to register so if a podcast was interested in doing that they should go to the website and check it out and actually i think the season doesn't even end until december this year but usually there's a season from like i want to say may through november may through october is the season is usually the season that is very, very good information to have. <laughs> I will pass that along to my higher-ups here at the Twist My Arm Podcast Network, of which there are one. <laughs> so it's a good, it's a short ladder. That's good. Yeah, I, so <laughs> I don't know if I should be honored to be the only rung. Wait, let's see. Is, does that make him the first rung and me the second rung? Or is he? I don't know how ladder. He's not work. on a ladder. I mean, if you're at the top of the ladder, you're not really on the ladder. We don't have to talk about this metaphor yeah. anymore, Linnell. I'm sorry. Are the rules different with step ladders versus? <laughs> what are you doing, like, step ladder? A frame <laughs> ladders versus? Yeah. I again. Um, Ricky D Ooh. from Best Flicks with Ricky D and I will find a way to digress. <laughs> that's okay. I think that's like all good brown coat hangouts are people just <laughs> digressing. It's just all one long digression. Some of the stories that we have heard about the that OG crew that you were talking about, mm -hmm. the people that were on the old boards during the yes. original run of the series. Yes. Man, some of those hangouts sound, I'm talking hangover the movie level legendary. I mean, I don't know if that's an exaggeration because I wasn't there, yeah. 
but some yeah. of what I have heard about it is insane. And and the stories am, I've heard are crazy. And and I'm like, <laughs> I'm jealous in that way where it's like, I'm glad that somebody got to experience it. I do wish that it could have been me, but I'm so happy to get even the secondhand experience of it because, trust me, the detail that people remember those things with is 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 pretty pretty crystal clear. I definitely have FOMO, you know, I think looking back at all the really great things that happened, um, the, the brown coat convention that got canceled and I forget what, there's a term for it and I'm sorry, I'm having mom brain again. And I know this term and I can't think of what they, what they call it, but basically like the convention got canceled last minute. People had already bought tickets, bought a hotel room, got rented hotel rooms. And so they moved it someplace else, just a bunch of brown coats, like through it. The brown coat backup bash. Bash. Yes, the backup bash. And like I heard Nathan Fillion showed up yeah. and just like, I want to be there. I want to have a time machine and go back because at that time, I didn't even own a TV. I was in grad school and I felt like TVs are a distraction from my purpose <laughs> of accomplishing as many you know college degrees as a person can have. And what a waste, what a waste of my time. Not just to say that college was a waste of my time, but it was a little bit of waste of my time and my money. And I should have been at the Brown Coat Backup Bash hanging out with amazing people and meeting Nathan Fillion and partying it up. I don't want my kids to hear that. <laughs> college is important, kids. Um, that's what I should have been doing. Like I have, I have so much FOMO about this. Because I don't think it'll ever be like that again. Listeners, we have just discovered where Linnell's uh, underdog complex came from. She, <laughs> she talked about how everybody identifies as an underdog and, you know, life is unfair. And we just figured out where that came from for her. That's a beautiful thing. That's cathartic, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, you know. These are making me cry a little my, bit. Like, I'm laughing so hard. I'm trying not to laugh. My, oh, my God. My friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D actually had a bit of an online encounter with the aforementioned Alan Tudyk um, and his wife, which I believe you also yes. mentioned. Yes. Ricky D, would you like to share that? I don't know if the Twist My Arm audience has heard that. I know the Sudden But Inevitable audience has heard that, but I don't know if Twist My Arm listeners have heard this story. Well, uh, I already had to struggle to hold back earlier when Alan Tudyk came up, but I've got an ongoing joke that every time Alan Tudyk is mentioned, I like to go, do you guys mean Alan Three Dick? <laughs> God, that's terrible. Right, yeah. It's a it very, truly is. It's a dumb joke. It's crass. It's, it's not oh even a good God. joke. I just, I like repeating bad jokes. It's part of my character. But I posted it on Twitter at one point. Uh, this was at, at the height of when we were watching Firefly on Sudden But Inevitable. And his wife ended up sharing the tweet with Alan Tudyk and just kind of laughing about some dumb kid uh, joking about his last name. I believe it was for his birthday or maybe... I think it might have been. For Valentine's Day? Yeah, I might have <laughs> tweeted like at, at Alan Tudyk something about changing his last name. and. Yep. Yeah, it's so... it's uh, There you go. So... I mean, I'm sure everybody listening has FOMO now because they never got, you know, a like or a retweet from yeah, Alan Tudyk or his wife. Mm -hmm. So, California brown coats have. So I'm in that special boat. Oh, with yeah. I mean, Ricky D. So but I'm but sure most. But yeah, people, but I mean, most people. You know, I mean, 
have not, right? Yeah. We're a special group. Yeah. People that aren't this in this podcast right now. Retweetable yeah. group. Brown coats only. So Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Now I, I do have to admit the birth of Sudden But Inevitable, the podcast where we take two brand new first time brown coats through the series one episode at a time and then make them watch the movie. I was really excited to do that, and I would love to be able to say that that was entirely my idea because I host the show, but it wasn't. It was actually Ricky D who brought up the similarities um, that we <laughs> we were watching The Mandalorian with our friend Josh, and yes. yeah. we kept Ricky D kept going, "Dude, isn't this just like Firefly?" And I kept going, "That's what I keep thinking of is Firefly. Why hadn't I put that together?" That's how we found out he hadn't seen it. So, I I, I have to ask, is there Anybody in your life that you could pick out as your favorite person that you've introduced the show to, like your your person that you introduced and you had the most time, the most fun introducing them? Because I never got to do it before. I This was the first time I got to show it to somebody. I mean, it's been 20 years since the show was on TV, right? So the people <laughs> that you have to show it to that have never seen it are running out every day. But yes. I was I was just blown away by how much fun it was to share with somebody for the first time um i'm sure that you've had that experience more than once is there a particular one that you could point to that was like just life-changing you know i wouldn't say life-changing but fun my my dad has watched it with me but only parts of it because my dad and i are never like in the same room long enough to watch that much television uh but i made him watch the first episode and he my dad's a big Western guy, you know, John Wayne. My dad actually uh, rode bulls back in the day when he was younger. Um, so he was like a, a real cowboy. Um, and so he really enjoyed it. Uh, he still talks about it. He, um, he, like I said, he's only watched the first episode. He doesn't know anything about it, but he supports our charity. So like his Amazon smile is set up for us and oh. it donates to us. And it's really cute. And he talks about it all the time. He has a, he has one of the mugs that I designed and he drinks his coffee out of it every morning. It says, um, I aim to misbehave, but first coffee. Nice. And it's really like my dad, I think my dad identifies with Mel big time. You know what I mean? My dad is definitely an underdog and a, and this kind of tight pants. Oh yeah. Tight (laughs) pants, boots, um, talks in a little bit of a drawl all the time. My dad really identifies with it. So that was fun. And then also, um, my kids, and this is a sign that I am a, a real bad parent. My kids, I started taking my son to Can't Stop the Serenity screenings when I want to say he was two or three. Yeah. It was my first one. And my husband and I, like, we don't have family where we live. And so we didn't have a babysitter. And we just were like, okay, well, we're just going to take him. Yeah. And if he started to cry, my husband would take him outside and kind of sit with him for a while and then bring him back inside. And uh, I remember, like, that's when I first met Don and the people from the California Brown Coats. And it just made a huge impact on me. Like this was a totally safe place. I could bring my kid and people weren't, people weren't like, you need to get that kid out of here. People are like, Oh, that's the, that's so sweet. Isn't he the cutest? And he became this little mascot. Mm -hmm. And so my kids have grown up watching Serenity. My son calls it mommy's zombie movie. And it never (laughs) occurred to me until he watched it that yeah, Reavers are zombies. Like I never thought about it that way. Um, But kids are super into zombies. I don't know if you know that they are. Yeah, it's a thing. 
Uh, so he, he, he enjoys it for that. We, they both came to the can't stop the journey screening that we did last month. My son always helps out. He's, he's growing up in the charity. So he, since he could walk and since we kind of started helping out the, um, with Don's can't stop the journey screening, he helps pull the prize numbers for the raffles and he delivers the prizes and to the people sitting in the seats. And, and it's been probably the most kind of impactful to watch it with him because he doesn't get it. Right. You know, he doesn't understand it most of the time. He's starting to now. He's he's turning nine this month. He's just starting to get it. But he's just always known it. And he's always known that we, mommy does this thing where we go to places and he hides under the booth with his sister and they play video games and I sell stuff. And then they know it's a thing that we do. Like this is just the life that they have, like two little weird gyp- gypsy kids, basically. So what you're saying is you're doing your best to create River and Simon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, for sure. Gotcha. Oh, for sure. My daughter is definitely going to end up being like River. <laughs> she's real mean. She's got a real, she's a sweetheart. She's got a real mean streak. She will kick somebody's oh, butt someday. That's, yeah. that's really similar to how my daughter is. So, a <laughs> couple of things there. <clears throat> Speaking of charity and auctions and River, if I'm not mistaken, her sword from the movie was very recently auctioned off or is going to be auctioned off very soon online, I think. Oh, uh, I, I didn't know about that. From the from the uh, room the mo- of the spinning. And she uh, somebody the first question was what about the axe? Are they are they auctioning off the axe too? And I was like, that's a fair question. I mean, it's yeah, real specific, is. but it's a fair if question. You have one, I feel like you should have both. I, but if I were an auction house, I'd probably list them separately. Um Oh yeah. Personally. You'd want to bid on both. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You're going to buy would... one. You should have them both. Okay. Small digression. Do the people that work uh, for auction houses uh, not have interests? Because that seems like it would be a difficult job to do if you had interests. Like, what if a thing that you think is awesome comes through and they're like, sorry, you can't like even touch it. You just have to catalog it, write its name down, and then, no, you're not allowed to bid on it. That would be inappropriate. Like... Ah, why do I work here? <laughs> well, so sometimes for the charity, I don't know how auction houses work, but I'm, I mean, I know vaguely how they work. I know what they are, but no, I'm going to tell you when we do an auction for our charity, like we have this rule that we can't bid on it. But if, if, if we want it, we give a lot of money to a friend and tell the friend you are allowed to bid this much money on it. This gotcha. is how badly I want it. Um, because so that way it's fair. Like we're not, we're not, you know taking something or not so maybe they do that maybe that's what they do in the auction house they, they call a friend or their roommate for say, them it's probably way more illegal but i mean yeah, the way that you're that. doing it is like competitive giving so it's like <laughs> oh no more people donated like yes you know whatever yeah like that's a good that's it's all true. a good cause yeah yes you're right it probably is more illegal i don't really know I don't well, know how these things work. If you're out there listening to the Twist My Arm podcast interview with Linnell from the California Browncoats about Firefly and you work for an auction house, please send us an email at twistmyarmpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to know how you acquire things that come through your business that you're not allowed to touch. I would also like to asking... append that I know that literally no one is ever going to answer this call to action. That's kind of why I'm putting it in here. It's not my show. I can do whatever I want. If I ever bump into somebody, because it's a it's a weird world, and, yeah. and I have a bubble, and sometimes I meet <sighs> interesting people, I'll find out for you, yeah. and I will let you guys know. I appreciate that. Kind of means the world to me. Well, so, 
I know that the California Browncoats itself is a charitable organization, but yes. I know that you your mission is to support, you know, good causes and things like that. So what is the current good cause that y'all are supporting? Or is there one? And how do you guys pick those? And how often do you pick those? I got a lot of questions, Linnell. Okay. I have, I have a lot of answers. So what we do is we ask somebody from the fan, like basically somebody oh, yes. from the Firefly world. Okay. So it's, it could be an actor. Like a lot of times it's the crew. I mean, I mean the, you know, the crew from the show, like the actors. Sometimes it's the crew who worked on the show, um, a writer or something. And then sometimes it's someone kind of outside of that who may have written for the comic book or been an artist on the comic book or there, there are a lot of novels um, that are being written right now um, that take place in the Firefly verse. So basically we, we pick one. And we ask that person. And that's kind of like the board members are like, who, who's interesting right now? Who's got a project? Who's doing things? Mm. And then we, we, find, we pick somebody and then we ask that person to pick a charity. And then for that, the next event, we just do for that charity. So we are never like, we're never all the time anything in particular. Gotcha. We, for each event, it's a specific charity. So everything that we make goes to, everything that we all the charity money that is donated goes to that. And then like um, the profits from our merchandise goes to that. So both sides, both merchandise, like the sale items and the charity items both go to support the charity that we are supporting. What was the rest of that question? <laughs> uh, the second part of that, I believe, uh, this is difficult for me too, was uh, what is the current charity oh. that you have chosen? Um, Ron Glass, who played Book um, and, as you know, uh, passed away a few years ago, uh, sat on the board of an organization called the Al Wooten Jr. Center, um, which is a kind of after-school um, organization um, in Los Angeles that works with underprivileged youths and provides them both like a safe place after school and tutoring and scholarships and um, kind of broadens their experiences in so many like amazing ways. And we try to support them. They're a really small organization. Um, so we try to support them at least once a year usually. So that's who we're going to be supporting um, for San Diego Comic-Con. Is it called exclusive? I forget what it's called. I think it's exclusive. It's, it's, not a, exclusive. There are new descriptions. Uh, <laughs> is it at, it's, it's not at home again. It's is not it? at home. That was, no, that Let's was see. the one in July. Comic-Con special edition. Special edition. Special edition. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, so Comic-Con special edition, that's who we're going to be supporting is the Al Wooten Center. Um, actually, that brings up something kind of important that I would love to talk about if that's okay with you guys. Um, so we have, uh, our board is five members and then we have three officers. And because like, there's not a lot of people who want to work this hard, it's like, it's like having a second job, but you don't get paid for it. I'm really selling this. So a lot of times our board members and the officers are basically the same group of people. And our treasurer um, has been dealing with a lot of stuff because of COVID and she's, mm. it's hit her really, really hard. And she just a few nights ago, let us know that she does not have the, um, the emotional bandwidth right now to, mm. to do what we're doing anymore. Um, 
And so that's why we, we're, we're really stressed and overwhelmed right now. And so among other things, we're looking for a new treasurer. Um, and so that ideally would be some, a brown coat who um, has accounting experience. Um, and that is, of all the positions, probably the hardest one to find. There's always somebody willing to be a president and to boss people around. You know, that's not hard. Yeah, Josh. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but to find somebody who wants to crunch numbers after an event and make sure that everything is filed legally because we are a registered um, nonprofit. Like we have a tremendous amount of like legal paperwork that has to happen for everything. And we want to be really, um, we want to make sure that the right thing is always being done. And so it's really hard to find a person who wants that kind of responsibility and who has, is willing to give up that amount of time. So if anybody is listening and is interested if you guys are out there and you are a hard-working, good-hearted, dusty-nosed, number-crunching space accountant, please, please get in contact with Linnell. And this is going to sound like we're closing it out, but I promise we're not. Linnell, if somebody <laughs> wanted to get in contact with you, what would be the easiest way to get a hold of the California Brown Coats? Um, we can be emailed. Um, I personally can be emailed at Linnell at californiabrowncoats.org. Um, I think we also have like an info at californiabrowncoats.org. And if you go to our website, californiabrowncoats.org, I think there's a contact us button that will email somebody as well. So there are a few different ways. All of those emails are monitored and we would love to hear from that space accountant. In fact, I would make that somebody's official title Ooh. if they wanted it. Yeah. That, I think that's amazing. Would they get all the adjectives too? Because that's a long business card. <laughs> I mean, that's you're like it is. We don't we don't actually have business cards, but oh. um, I I would make something happen. I would get them like a name plate or something. I would be totally willing to do that. If you've ever been part of corporate America, then you know there is nothing more official than a name plate. If you've yes. got a name plate on your desk, that is who you are. Exactly. My name plate, for example, says network co-host and host of Sudden But Inevitable. It doesn't normally say host of Twist My Arm podcast. So to the regular Twist My Arm podcast listeners, I just want to say really quickly again, thank you for putting up with me. I know I've got a little bit different style than Josh, and, you know, that's okay. Everybody is a little bit different. What matters is that you know that I'm here because... I love Josh, and that's why Ricky D is here. Well, Ricky D is here because he loves Firefly. But, you know, uh, yes. by proxy, through Ricky D's love of me, he loves Josh. And Linnell, as a brown coat, I know that she loves all things Firefly. And since Josh is a new initiate brown coat, that includes you, Josh. So I'm sorry that you couldn't be here with us tonight. But we're all thinking about you, and we know that you're going to pull through and... uh additional, you know, sentimental things. Now, with all that sentimentality out of the way, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, do you have any questions for Linnell that you would like to get out before we start packing this thing in? I think I'm good to go. That was such <laughs> a tension-filled pregnant pause. Man, nobody does pregnant pause like Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, ladies and gentlemen. 
Linnell. Thank you. <laughs> you guys are killing me. This is so fun. Wow. I am having such a good time. I thought, man, I thought I was the interrupter, and Linnell thought she was the interrupter, but it turns out. So, so Linnell. Yes. Well, I, I got to ask you just some very personal questions be, because we have the time and because we have the opportunity. Okay. Favorite episode of Firefly? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> every time I'm watching an episode, I literally say to the room, I think this is my favorite episode. And I say it on Twitter all the time, too. Like, if you go back, we, we did a rewatch last year. That's my bit. <laughs> no, this is my favorite episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that every episode is my, when I'm in it, it's like your kids, mm -hmm. you know? You don't have a favorite, but when you're holding one, you're like, maybe this one's my favorite. Uh, but then you don't have a favorite, obviously. But when you're holding that one, it might be your favorite. So when I'm watching any episode, that one is probably my favorite. Off the top of my head, I love Trash. I love uh, Out of Gas. I love, oof, I don't know. I mean, I love them all. I just couldn't. I love them all. Sorry, no, that no. Was not helpful. That's a perfectly acceptable answer, and it's the, <laughs> the one that I actually get pretty frequently when I ask people. Um, it, so I do this really stealthy thing where, like, I'll hum the Firefly theme song, and then if somebody's like, "Hey, is that Firefly?" I'll go, "What's your favorite episode?" And then, <laughs> you know, somewhere along the line, I go, "If you if you ever feel like hearing somebody get introduced to the show for their first time, I know a podcast you could check out." Um, but I, I, a lot of people go, they're all, they're just all so good. Um, to stick with your analogy of being a parent, I only have one child. My favorite episode is Out of Gas. Um, mm. But I love all of the episodes, of course. I, I don't have any where I'm like, I guess, I guess the way to phrase it would be, there are none that I would skip on a rewatch. Um, I totally agree that they're all definitely lovable. I, I do have a personal favorite though. Like I said, I've got one kid and she's an only child. And so, um, let's see here. What was the other? Oh, so on sudden, but inevitable when we were blessed with the opportunity to speak with Adam Baldwin, we had proposed the idea to him of, you know, what if, cause everybody always talks about the firefly reboot, right? Mm -hmm, Everybody's mm -hmm, always mm -hmm. bringing it up. They go, Hey, Disney bought Fox, you know, here's now's the time. Yeah. Now, it's pretty well known by fans, by brown coats, that most of the original cast and crew now see the series as sort of this untouchable, perfect thing on the horizon that that doesn't need to be added to or changed really in any way, which I fully agree with and understand. But we did push him, and we said, what if there was an animated Firefly reboot? And that way, you know, the the actors at their... Um, let's see, how do we say this? The actors are now much more mature than they were when the show first came out. So to prevent injury to them via, you know, stunt work or things of that nature, an animated series would still allow everyone to participate as a voice cast and they would be able to spend time together. Where are you on that spectrum of, I want more and it's, it's, it's basically perfect as it is. Please leave it alone. I'm, I'm actually really great, uh, really glad you asked this question. I think it's a great question. Um, I think every brown coat thinks about it on some level and some are super for it and some are super against it. Um, let me start by saying 
there is a really great comic book series. I mean, there were there Dark Horse made some comics that were good, but there's a fantastic comic book series out right now um, by from from Boom Studios uh, that if you want more Firefly, like it's not the voices and it's not the actors, but they're very well written. They're beautiful. I love them. Um, there are some great novels. There's a, a trilogy that takes place. I want to say like in between the show and the movie. Um, those are fantastic. So there's still Firefly stories out there. Let me start by saying that. And they're, they're very true to the show. And if you were a fan of the show, I think you'll be a fan of them. I think personally, I think that everybody's moved on from the show. I think the show is a really untouchable, beautiful thing. That being said, I would love to see something else in the verse, like the way um, the Mandalorian took place in the Star Wars universe. I don't understand why we can't have a second beautiful, untouchable show that has, I mean, I love the original cast and I love the ship and I love the adventures that they were on, but I would, I'm thirsty for more stories that take place in the verse another crew it doesn't have to be the same kind of ship or or people living you know planet side like i would watch anything that took place in the verse give me the marshall give me the rest of the marshall's yes. story give me yes. patience's world you know 30 years yes. ago give me i <sighs> i would watch you're, stories that took so place right. in the past i'd watch something that took place in this in the future like i just think that there is we just got pairing or a peel off of a beautiful universe and there's so much more and I think that's part of why when you were talking about how artists brown coat artists are really I think it's because we got this glimpse of something that it was so beautiful and so mysterious and intriguing and captivated our imaginations and everyone is hungry to see more of that and since no one's really I mean these comic books are great and the novels are great but we're so hungry for it and there's so little visual being fed to us that's official out there that artists are just like, you know, it's like Nick's travel posters yeah. in the verse. Like he's like, well, you know, then here's, here's what I think could have happened. Here's my version of the verse. And, and brown coats are so hungry for that, that we, we eat it up. We love it. And that's what I would love to see is just more of it, more of the verse. And HBO Max miniseries, 10 episodes called the good shepherd and it's about books life before i just ah oh, linnell you're so yes. right you're so yes. right the universe yes. is rich and ready to oh, it doesn't even have to be about the crew it could just be somebody tangentially like mm -hmm. kind of related to one of the stories oh, i that's that's a good answer i think that is probably the best answer Thank you. I, I I desperately believe it. And whenever it comes up on Twitter, I mention it and it's, my fingers are always crossed. I'm always hoping for it, you know? So you had mentioned earlier that everybody identifies with the crew and I fully agree with that. I think I could probably go one step further with that and say most people can pick out one character on the crew that they really identify with. So because I'm sort of, you know, pretty sure that I'm always right, even if it's been demonstrated before that my methods aren't perfect. 
I'm pretty sure I still get results and I'm confident in that. So that's why I identify with Mal personally. Um, if you listen to Sudden But Inevitable, you'll hear the honest version of that, which is just narcissism. But um, Ricky D, what would you say? I, I think I think I have a guess, but what would you say is the character that you most identify with from, from Firefly? I think probably Wash. Yeah. A little bit goofy, definitely able to pull it together and get the job done. But uh, always making snide remarks on the side as well. Always making snide remarks on the side, <laughs> and and that glorious mustache that you currently have yes. shaved off. But you know, but we all know you could have that right. big old push mm. broom up there. So yes, yeah, my my blonde mustache. Let's uh, actually, can I get you to grow a mustache? Like, can you? Uh, this is probably about three oh. or four months of gotcha. uh, untrimmed growth. <laughs> Apologies, I I was just I thought it would I was picturing Wash's mustache from the flashback on you. Right, it was really funny. Um, It'd take about two or three years. And for those of you that haven't listened to Sudden but Inevitable, seriously, just go do it. Ricky's beautiful puppy is named Zoe, and she is always by his side. Now, Linnell, that only leaves you. Mm -hmm. If you had to pick one character only, who would you pick? Okay, I, I do have a hard time with this, and I think about it all the time, obviously, because uh, but it's not that hard, but it's also kind of hard. Um, on some level, I, I identify with Zoe because I am also a badass woman. Um, Fully agreed. <laughs> I, I actually taught Kung Fu for 15 years, and I'm a um, Kung Fu master. I uh, have a red belt, fourth dan in the system that I studied. And so on some levels, I identify with her. She's no nonsense. Um, she leads very seriously. Um, and I love that about her. Like she's, she's one of my very favorite characters, but I'm also a Mal. I am very much a leader who is trying to do the best that, you know, I can for my, like we see ourselves as a crew. We call, call ourselves a crew. Um, and it's frustrating. And Sometimes I just want to shake the other members and just uh, 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 and and give them some backhands, you know, like I, I identify with the frustration that Mal obviously had trying to get everybody to do the thing that they're supposed to do and to do it when they're supposed to do it. And um, and that feeling of having like, you know a big weight on your shoulders. I, f- I feel all the time. Like if like we, I make it sound super fun, uh, but charity running the charity is, is a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it's stressful. And I think all the time, like, am I allowed to swear here? Oh, Should I not please. Swear? I think, Oh shit. If this thing goes tits up, it's going to be on my shoulders. Yeah. And I have that weight. And when I see that, in Mal, like I see that, you know, he's trying to keep all these people alive on this boat in space and keep them fed. And they don't all always get along with each other and they don't always make the right choices. And he's got to live with that and find a way to navigate through that. And on a very real everyday level, I identify with Mal. And I think I am, I am, I am Mal. I am living. I'm the living Mal right now. Sometimes that's how I feel. She's a she's a Goram living Mal, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, like it's so frustrating sometimes. <laughs> I just want to like yell at people, but I like that. I always think about that line. I think it's in the movie where he's like, 
you want to captain this Goram, my Goram ship? And Jane's like, yeah. And Mal's like dumbfounded for a second. He's like, well, you can't. That's me all the time. <laughs> the like, if you think argument. you do a better job, too bad. I'm the president. What are you going to do? <laughs> I I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I don't, I guess, you know, now that I think about it, maybe I'm, maybe I'm more of a Zoe. Well, no, I, I think I'm going to stick with Mal because he does have that air of like, he makes plenty of mistakes too, right? Um, the thing about Zoe, I think that we came to realize on our recent watch through was that she's actually the most competent cowboy character in popular media possibly ever. Um, and if she were the captain of the ship, things would be very different. Oh, yeah. Um, but, oh, yeah, they would. But she is, that's the thing that's one of the most beautiful things about Zoe, of course, is that there aren't those starscream moments where you're like oh what's zoe thinking is she gonna betray mal like you never even that thought never crosses your mind and i i really love that now you could argue that's because they sort of put that character front and center with jane and just let him say that he's going to do it but i still appreciate that we don't get any of it out of out of zoe much the way i don't get any flack out of ricky d from best flicks with ricky d when i'm co-hosting someone else's show or maybe even making Ricky D watch a movie that he's never seen before. For example, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Have you ever seen the movie Highlander? I have not, but I feel like I'm supposed to be watching it very soon. You've never seen Highlander? <laughs> there can be only one. Yeah, thank you, Linnell. Can you believe can be this? One. This guy. I, I can't. He was born in the late 80s. He grew up in the 90s. He's never seen Highlander. I don't know where this accent is from but that's just i can't believe it so that's a, that's a travesty if you out that there a, i blame my parents <laughs> i do too actually if you out there listening are thinking wow i would love to hear ricky d from best flicks with ricky d's first reactions to seeing highlander then I've got news for you. Sudden But Inevitable recently finished up season two, in which we covered Cowboy Bebop, our other favorite space western. And we're taking a bit of a series break because, of course, the holidays are coming up and everybody's life is hectic. We all have jobs and crews to maintain, much like Linnell was saying earlier. So we're just going to watch a couple of movies that we've, you know, some of us have never seen before. And we're going to go through a little mini season three of Sudden But Inevitable. And that starts next week, Friday night, live on YouTube.com slash Podcast with me and Ricky D watching Highlander for Ricky's first time and talking about it. So please feel free to join us now. Of course, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D couldn't be from Best Flicks with Ricky D without the podcast Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D, what's going on? What's the most recent episode of Best Flicks with Ricky D about? Uh, most recently, talked about the Many Saints of Newark. That's the Sopranos story, the prequel to the Sopranos series on HBO. Uh, I have been cramming as many episodes of Soprano into my head as possible over the past few months. I've probably watched the entire series two and a half times in the past three months wow uh so just preparing for many saints in newark uh loved the movie loved talking about it lots of jokes lots of fun uh and also had my old college buddy ryan if you've been listening to best flicks ryan's been a frequent guest on there talking movies with me i am about halfway through that episode i like i told you i believe last week i've never seen the sopranos and i'm willing to watch it i've just never seen it but I heard you mention a character 
I believe, named Big Pussy. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, I can't listen to this at work because I'm just going to spend the next 20 minutes laughing uncontrollably in a corner by myself. And people are going to be like, what is the matter with this dude? And I would be like, it's, I can't even tell you because I'm at work. So um, I am going to get through the rest of that episode if it kills me. I'm just not going to listen to it at work. Definitely check out Ricky D's latest episode of Best Flicks with Ricky D. Thank you. Linnell, before we get out of here, I just want to say one more time, thank you so much to you and the California Brown Coast, not only for all of the amazing charitable work that you guys do, but for allowing Sudden But Inevitable and by extension the Twist My Arm Podcast Network into said orbit. I just, to find organizations of giving, hardworking, dedicated brown coats, like I've said before, is not surprising. But it is really gratifying to see, especially considering the show has been off the air for so long and there was never a sequel movie. And, you know, everything that everyone knows, considering it's just like the brown coat community is strong and thriving and lively and healthy and loving. And we've experienced that firsthand. And I, I just I can't believe that we get to be this lucky over a little TV show. Thank you so much for joining us, Linnell. Before we go, is there anything that you have to say to the audience? Is there anything that you would like people to do other than, again, if you're an accountant looking to do charitable work, contact Linnell at CaliforniaBrownCoats.org. What else you got for us, Linnell? Okay, yes, we need a space accountant. Um, But I want to say thank you to you guys. Actually, we are, like, we're, we're a fandom that is 20 years old and we don't have new things coming out all the time and um the sudden but inevitable podcast actually really stirred things up in the fandom a lot and it you know sometimes we get so comfortable with our like you know two events a year and our csts screening and like i think you really brought you woke a lot of brown coats back up and you brought a lot of people together and energized us a lot and we really needed that and so we're actually super grateful uh for the twist my arm bros and uh, that's probably not this was my arm guys and um and the sudden but inevitable podcast um i i think you guys did you're doing such great work you're doing touched us touched our hearts Ricky D, I don't know about you, but that is like the coolest compliment we've gotten uh, yeah. for Sudden But that's... Inevitable. I mean, by a mile. Like, that's 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 very uh, affecting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> it was our pleasure. Thank you. It's good to know that we have affected something. That's That's a powerful thing. I mean, other than each other with that show, I mean, watching Josh go through that show, having never seen it before, was really cool. I mean, he was... You know, every week he'd go, this reminded me of a thing that I've seen in Star Wars or a thing that I saw, like like I said, in Mandalorian or a thing that I saw in some, any million of other sci-fi properties since 2006 to that, well, you know, let's not talk about the time frame. It's, it's <laughs> we don't want to age anybody on the screen or on the podcast. Well, just so, just so you know, the show is having its 20th anniversary in 2022 yes, so is. next year is the 20th anniversary show like year there ah. i think there's going to be more than one cool firefly thing happening at sudden but inevitable <laughs> next year because it yes we finished the series yes we finished the movie but 
you're never done with Firefly. So we're going to be going back at some point. I know that Josh wants to watch it through in the order that it was broadcast because he's um, like, you know, likes to hurt himself or something. I don't know. Um, and but- then there's also things like the Done the Impossible movie. Yeah. And other things that we can still tap on. We still need yeah. to. The thing about Done the Impossible is that we need to get Rosie on to talk about it with us. Now, the thing that about Rosie, other than how much I love her, is that this very evening, as we speak, she and I are locked in a battle of fandom. A battle of the bay, really, if you will. The Giants and Dodgers are playing each other in Game 5 of Division Series. It's the middle of the sixth inning. Rosie, if you listen to this episode, I want you to know that no matter how this game turns out, I still love you. And I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have a friend who's a Dodgers fan who's a good person. And I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, for the Twist My Arm podcast, I have not been Josh. I have been Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. your host, Jesse. And this, this is Ricky D. from Best Flicks with Ricky D. And this is our guest. Linnell from the California Browncoats. And I just want to say thank you one more time to both of you. And, of course, to all of you out there listening in podcast land. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Twist My Arm podcast. Join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Follow us on Twitter at twistmyarmcast or Instagram at twistmyarmpodcast. Watch and chat live with us at twitch.tv slash tmagames or youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. To get everything all in one place or to book an appearance, go to twistmyarmpodcast.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. 